0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. You know, I I want you to know that a wise person will never forget will never forget what took place. We have a Bible college here, basically 21-year-old kids and younger, not all, but many of them. They would not have any idea. In fact, for some, they just saw what took place for the first time. 20 years ago, the planes were all brought down within moments. And they stayed down for days. The airport here was silent. It was eerie in this area. When no planes would fly out. On Sunday morning in America, the next Sunday morning in America, we're told that church attendance went up by 25%. I would not be shocked 20 years later if a minimum were down nationwide by 25%. We've averaged over 40 churches a week closing their doors. A wise person will always remember heritage and history. And I'm not just talking about America. You know, a wise person will remember your parents. You're a fool to go online and start trashing your parents. You're foolish. People that gave you life. Well, I don't like my dad, I don't like my, hey, then don't go online. Grow up, pull up your big boy pants, fellas. Love your parents. And don't ever forget what your mother said. My dad was a drunk. Well, I don't know what he was, but you're not gonna move, be able to move forward unless you deal with your past. Wise people always remember heritage. and history and family, we were viciously attacked. On that Sunday morning, the old property, and it's packed six blocks away, packed this morning. There's preaching going over there. There's great crowds over there that are hearing the Word of God right now. But on that Sunday morning, we could not wedge them in with a shoehorn. We had two services like we always were in those days in that big auditorium. And people came. I had them stand. I said, if you're a first- generation a a, a person to this country from another country. You represent your country. We had 68 countries represented in our church service that morning. And it's the same if not more today. Why? Because people are trying to get in this country. A land of freedom. Go to Africa today and that one country that's had 45,000 Christians slaughtered by Muslims in the last few years. You think this is such a bad place, let me take you to China. Let me take you to countries of the world where it's against the law to worship God. Did you hear a few weeks ago, the Venezuelan people crying out, America, don't go into socialism. We cannot eat, we're starving, we don't have jobs, we've lost our economy. Why, because that is not a republic, that is a communistic nation, socialist nation, they're twins. We are not a democracy here. We were not established as a democracy. To the republic for which it stands, a republic says every person has individual rights. 51% cannot squash, democracy says 51% can squash the other, 49 We are endowed with our creator with certain unalienable rights. They cannot be denied. So a government comes in, a man that doesn't even know what state he lives in undoubtedly or what city he lives in or what home he lives in, our home, that comes out and says, you must lose your job if you're not vaccinated. Wait a minute. I'm not telling you don't get vaccinated. I know I'm being monitored right now. I'm not saying you want vaccination, go for it. But that's not America where you have to lose your job in public education and in government position and the United States military and in other business and the, all of a sudden, uh, a emperor comes out and says, you cannot live in America. We've had some hospitals say, you can't go get treated unless you're vaccinated. That's not America. Those rights cannot be abridged, the Constitution says. We, I love America. That day, 20 years ago, the place was packed and they were shouting, shouting. But America's a lot different now. Brother Bertram, you prayed about it. they forgot. We just forgot. The only hope America has is not Sacramento, is not Washington, D.C. The only hope we have is a New Testament local church. That's the hope in America. We even had politicians this week mocking 9-11. Let me take you to the cemetery right out here where a little stewardess laid to rest from Flight 93. The man that said, let's roll, Todd Beamer, lived in, I believe it was Fremont, worked in Cupertino, lived right here, graduated from Wheaton Bible College. And they gathered together and said, let's roll. I wonder how much courage is left like that. I, I, I'm, you, you know what, I've, I've lived a long life. I've pastored this church 46 years. You wanna get rid of me, get rid of me. I'm still gonna call sin, sin, I'm still gonna preach and if you don't like what it, go vote, you have the right, vote me out, I'll be across the street next week preaching in the open air. We, we are gonna do this thing right. We're gonna love that flag, this, this racist flag. You've gotta be kidding me. You, you, this is a good illustration of what Christ can do today. You look at that, we have undoubtedly over 70, 80 countries represented. And you know what, in Christ, we have liberty and it's made us free from the bondage of sin and it's made us to love one another john 3:16 is still in the bible for god so loved the world that he gave his own. god loved the world red yellow black brown white they're all precious in his sight what a sad society what a sad nation 20 years later 20 years later these people that did that we gave them our humvees We gave them our machine guns. We gave them two weeks ago, our our, our armament. Uh, We gave them our bases over there. We gave them our beautiful air conditioned gymnasiums that we had for our soldiers. We gave them our office buildings. We gave them our computers. And we pulled out of there, leaving Americans behind. People crying out to get out. I'm not saying we had to stay there, but you don't leave the way we did. That's not America. Politicians making fun of 9-11 this week. One politician, loud mouth girl that came to this country because we brought freedom, one national politician said we need to abolish the Senate. That's communism. May have worked where she's from, but it's sure not working here and it did not work. That's why she came here. God shed his grace on America. We've given them our rockets. Now we honor them as good people. That morning the skies were silent. And people just started showing up at church. We were in the middle of pastors and workers conference and just fell on their knees before God. I didn't know what to do. The preacher was flying in from North Carolina, Brother Bobby Robertson, to preach that uh, Tuesday night, and he was coming, and he got grounded in Arkansas. I had no idea what to do. I don't know what he called the meeting off. We had the meeting that morning, much uh, basically prayer meeting, I had some singing. I went to my study, and I spent the whole afternoon literally feeling responsible. I was so heartbroken what took place. This has never happened in my life. I grew up right here. This never happened in America. We were attacked on our soil. People that would fly planes in. No value of their own personal life because when they die, they get now 75 virgins. What is that all about? But again, because it's a marriage, you can believe what you want, but you can't hurt one another. I just prayed, I said, Lord, I'm a preacher of the gospel. This is happening on my watch. I didn't blame the President, I didn't blame, I didn't blame Washington, I didn't blame Congress, I, I blamed myself, I didn't blame the people of North Valley Baptist Church. I looked at myself and said, God, I am responsible. I'm a man of God, I'm supposed to be a man of God. It's happening on my watch, God please help me. I don't know what to do tonight. Preachers are here. People are here. I don't know what to do. And that night, we decided to have church and and we preached and those preachers were singing. You heard God bless America. It was like, we love this country. And patriotism went up. But I'm sorry to tell you right now, who would ever think 20 years later we'd be at this point where the news media is telling us what we're believing. That Washington, D.C. is trying to dictate our lives. I told God's people when a President of the United States bypassed legislation and laws, presidents do not make laws and said, okay, we are going to have a care system, health care system, they call Obamacare, for all Americans. That is not freedom. When someone can legislate your body, that's not freedom. But we're so warped. We think, well, let's 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 just build houses for people that can't afford them. Let's give it away. That's not Bible. The Bible says, if a man will not work, he should not eat. Yeah. Yeah, this church, we give millions away to help people. We run the buses. 1.5 million have gone to a lot of homes here that are in poverty stricken. We bought Christmas presents by the U Haul truckloads at Christmas and Christmas trees and delivered them to people and turkeys at Thanksgiving. And we send millions around the world to other nations of the world. No, no, no. I'm not saying we don't care. I am saying government, that's not their job. When a nation forgets God, when an individual forgets God, when a family forgets God, that nation is bound to destruction. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, verse 7 of chapter 3 of Judges, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. You can say what you want, but I just believe that we're doing wrong in America. God's church. And forgot God the Lord their God. Forgetfulness always brings consequences. I saw my mother-in-law's picture, Geraldine, this morning. She's been gone October 4th for 51 years. She died at age 45, leaving eight kids as a preacher's wife. I don't ever want to forget her. I don't ever want to forget what she's done for my life. She gave birth to a Cynthia and Trevor Cindy. She, she loved her and raised her, and she's became my wife, and I've put her through a lot for almost these 49 years now being married. I'm indebted to her. I'm indebted to a mother-in-law. I don't ever want to forget her. I stopped by and I see my father-in-law's picture. 57 years in the same church. It's what the Lord, he died a year ago, June, at 95 years of age. I don't want to forget what he investment made in my life. I look this morning again as I have pictures in the ready room, in my office, in my study, in my house, our house, of my mother and dad. I don't want to forget them. I don't ever want to forget them. I know you, they, I don't talk to them, but I do. I'll say, Dad, I sure love you. I want to keep that alive. I want to remember my family. I want to remember my heritage. There was five in our family. My twin sister who's here today, and I are the only two left. I, want to fig- I don't ever want to forget our sister, Judy died last November. I don't ever want to forget her. I love her so much. On my phone, the last words buried in there somewhere, and once in a while I can find out here, my last words, what my dad said, I love you, son. I love that man. I miss that man. I love my mother. I love my sister. I love my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. I love the fact that God's given me so many people in this church to pastor and they're laid to rest all over this region and area. I don't want to forget. When you forget, notice what the result is, verse six. And they took their daughters to be their wives. They gave their daughters to their sons. They said, okay, we're gonna unite with these heathen people that know not God. When a nation forgets their God, they have a disregard for the family. They have a disregard for their children. I mean, are we raising our kids for God? Greg and Eileen, I wish your son would have come to Golden State Baptist College. But God, not out of rebellion, had different plans. He's down there in Texas, going to Texas, saying, I cannot tell you the joy that he has been and you have been, seeking a good church, and Patrick's seeking a good church to go to today. To me, that's success. To me, that's amazing. A boy away from his mother, away from his father, like Daniel was away from his parents from a young youth to over at 90 some years of age, never saw him again, but he still did the right thing. He prayed every day as his custom was. Hey Dad, you gotta get back in this thing of being a father, praying for your kids, begging God for your kids, fasting for your kids, weeping over your kids, concerned for their life. Dear mothers, you've gotta pray moment by moment, day by day, throughout the day for the whereabouts of your children and your grandchildren. The older we get, we have, you think more time, we have less time because there's so many people to pray for. We have 14 grandkids. From 19 on down, age 19 on down, got so much to pray for those kids. So much to pray for their lives. We have so much to pray for with our graduates of our high school and our college and our church family and there's so many that are sick and tremendously sick today. We have those that sorrow. We have to pray for them. And we get to pray for them. And missionaries and, and backslidden. And it goes on and on and on. How's you, how are you doing with your family? Dad, Dad, you may not know how. God bless you. You don't need to know how. Just do it. You may not know how to have a family Bible time for 10 minutes a night. 15 minutes. 5 minutes. Just take the proverb of today. Today's the 12th, so tomorrow's the 13th. Read Proverbs 13. Read two verses. I don't know if I'd read a whole chapter with a two-year-old or a three-year-old. Oh, bless God, here's what the Bible says. But I would take some time to pray and maybe sing, Jesus loves me. Yes. This I know. And say, Mama, let's pray together. You pray first, please. What would happen if every home in America began to pray together? What would happen if, I can think of your dad teaching this? Families should pray together, play together, precept the Word of God together. We should praise the children, find something they're doing right and encourage it. I don't like the word punishment, but that is discipline and correct. Keep them on the straight and narrow with love and kindness in your heart? Are you spending time with those kids? I want to tell you something about your children that you think you have a lifetime with them. Our eldest daughter lived in our home less time than she's lived with her husband and family now. It goes so fast. Our son, our daughter, the other two, they're, soon they'll be out, they're, they're out of our house longer than we had them. Now I'm looking back on those precious memories. You know, when you forget God, you also start forgetting your kids.: Yes exactly. I wonder how many in this room God bless you. Probably every adult family has a son or a daughter or a grandson or granddaughter or, or, or kids that might not be right with God, and your heart is broken. I wonder how many of us all are burdened about our families. I can't can't give direction to them. They're they're grown. They've left father and mother. Oh, I thank God daily for my children, our children. Not only do you disregard family, but we disregard God. And they serve, verse 6, their gods. Very famous football player would come and sit in this auditorium. He's such a nice young man for a professional professional team. Love God, love this flag. But he started dating someone from another country who has another God. And he has stood up against this flag for the last many years. Disregards the flag. And that's exactly what God's Word says. Your kids are going to marry heathens and they're going to turn and they're going to forget me. And they're going to serve other gods. We're about out of time. Let me give you the third. Disregard for family. Disregard for God. That's why they're stealing and cheating and hatred and anarchy and shootings. But thirdly, disregard for righteousness. Verse 7, the children of Israel did evil, in the sight of the lord and they forgot their god the lord god and they served balaam and the groves that's idolatry worship therefore the anger of the lord was hot against them and he sold them into the judgment you know in deuteronomy moses is writing to the children of israel And he said in chapter 4, verse 9 and 23 especially, you bring your children up and teach them about me so they don't forget who I am. Talk about Jesus in the home. Sing about Jesus in the home. Uh, Praise God with your children as you go on an evening ride for the beautiful sunset, for the beautiful, beautiful uh, colors of the trees that will be in a few weeks or months changing colors around here. Uh, Praise him for the beauty of all that God is doing in your life. Our son, Tim, who's a pastor in Arizona, we love him so much and so very proud of what God's, he's trying to let God do in his life. But You heard me say it before, once in a while we'll trade pictures at sunset or once in a while at sunrise, and it's always, look what he painted tonight. I went by the media room. They have all these big LCD screens. That, it, yeah, that's what it is, right? Yeah, and they had these screens, and they had a beautiful sunset. And in that sunset were... Icebergs. It was the most beautiful thing. And I took a picture of it, kind of so you couldn't tell it was on a television screen or whatever you call those things. And I said, Tim, look what he painted tonight. <laughs> After a moment, I sent him another one and it shows the two screens together. God does so many good things for us. But when you begin to disregard righteousness, we're told that, I was told in Bible college over 50 years ago, one, one thing we failed to learn from history is to learn from history. How can a nation forget God and expect to have righteous results? Righteousness exalteth the nation. Sin is a reproach. Perhaps you're praying a certain way for the election and it may not turn out the way you want. I will not charge God foolishly. The effectual, fervent prayer of a... I'll put it back on me. Brother Van Dyke, I saw you. I saw Brother Colonel Carter. You great military men all over this place. All you've done for this country in the military. And I'm not going to hold the military responsible. I'm going to hold me. I'm not going to hold other preachers' response. I'm going to t- look to me. I've got to be righteous. You know, that if, if there was just God's looking for a righteous man, God's just looking for a righteous lady, God might hear their prayer. Your children are valuable to their pastor. We teach that young couples class, I look at your little children I, love, I, I miss sitting here on Sunday night and hugging those little kids. I don't do it in my office. And I don't do it at school. But with mother and dad here on the platform, i got to make sure everybody understands this. On Sunday night, they come by and they'll, they'll give me a hug or I'll talk to them and they'll sit on my lap. And I know nowadays that's evil. But I want them to know they had a pastor that loved them. I love these little kids. I pray that this church will stay sound in the faith for your children and grandchildren. Don't forget. So what do I do? I place reminders everywhere. I have reminders of the history of this church with Evan Sprague but gave me a beautiful counter on top of my desk that he made. Had the same desk for 38 years or 39. They made this long and it has a counter like this on top. And 10 feet long. And I can spread my books out. And over here on this side, on this side over here, is this building and this property. And over here is that little A-frame building. Seated about 60 people. 46 years ago that we rented. And then bought. It's torn down now. I don't ever want to forget that. I was looking through my book on my diary seeing that Keisha Marie birthday is coming up. She'll be 39, I think, your first granddaughter. Brother Van Dyke, you're not old, but (laughs) somebody in your family's old and she looks like she could be your daughter, quite frankly. I looked at in October the 3rd, Ed Bordell got saved in the 80s it has been a missionary these many years. I've looked through there and so-and-so passed away, and I look what happened here and what happened there. There was no 9-11 back then. But I want to remember. I want to. Re- I look at the old buses. I look at the special days. I have books that show me those things. I want to remember. And secondly, I, I-, I want to rehearse it. Just keep going over my mind. And I want to have reminders. There was a boy that grew up on the streets of another country in the city. He was a dirty little urchin. In this wealthy, wealthy country, he came to clean their fireplace. This particular country, children were not valued very much over 150 years ago. At the little urchin's chimney sweeps got stuck with the mortar as they went up high Many times people would just light the fire and burn them up. And this little boy went in and cleaned and that dirty little faced boy won the hearts of that wealthy, wealthy couple. In time, they brought him into their lives and brought him into their home and gave him a room and he became their son. When he became adult, he got very angry at them Began to abuse that elderly couple now. You know what happened? He forgot. Yep. He criticized them, attacked them. It'd be like today, going on the internet and blasting them. Yep. He was rude, he was unkind, he was hurtful. He caused them great grief. Denounced who they were. Sounds a lot like this prince. I don't know what, what his name is of... Harry, what he's done to that 90-some-year-old grandmother. I don't know what kind of grandmother she was, but what a fool. One hundred years ago, uh, there was a lady that just got overwhelmed with the goodness and the grace of God. She wrote these words, King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy foreign crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. My wife has a man, he's probably our age or older, and I think he, he'll... Text this afternoon, he always does or sends an email. And though I don't know how to do it, she reads emails to me, or I get them in a hard copy. And I always say, not take a stroll, take a walk past Calvary today. Take a walk past Calvary today. You could tell my testimony as well as I can tell, if not better, you've heard it. I'd never want to let many weeks go by without saying, over here in 1956, 15 minutes from here, on a Sunday night, standing next to my sweet dad, my sister's father-in-law was preaching. He wasn't the father-in-law then, I was a kid, 65 years ago. And Brother Kerry, as he preached that night with no electricity in our church building, we just built it, it those lanterns glowing, I knew Once in a while, I think I can remember the song. It's between two different songs. I remember standing next to my dad and grabbing onto that green wooden chair in front of me. I was so afraid. I was on the outside aisle. Maybe the church, I don't know, sat 80 people. Two little tiny rows, maybe 15, 10 or 15 choir members that could sit up there. And I didn't go the first dance. I knew I was lost. I was a bad boy, and I knew I was a bad boy, and I could easily sin and do wrong. And I knew I had an evil heart. I knew that. No one had to tell me that. That's the way we're all born. We're all born into sin. That's why you don't have to teach a kid to do wrong or lie or it's just natural. I remember my sweet pastor pleading with people coming. I don't know what he said. I don't know what he preached. Well, all of a sudden I stepped out in the aisle began walking down the aisle and he said, Jack why are you here? I don't remember much he said, but I remember he said Viva Morningstar her husband was a superintendent of schools in that region in Fremont. He said Viva, come here and tell Jackie boy how to be saved. And she took me to the second row, there's only two rows right over there and I sat down and Viva Morningstar won me to Jesus Christ that night. I felt like all the load had been lifted. I did not realize I was still going to do a lot of sinning in my life. That sin nature. But I got saved that night, and God recorded my name in the book of life. You know, as we stand together, let me finish. Let's all stand. We'll get in the invitation. I'm too long today. I remember that night walking out the door. And I saw a man that, later I became his pastor for 33 years. He he sat right, right there in that row right there behind Brother Galen Bridgman. Brother Galen, raise your hand. Right there where you folks are sitting. He sat at my mother. I remember that night walking out a wooden door, solid, single door. and First person I saw was that short little chubby Deaf man, over 90% deaf. We could hear with some hearing aids, my dad. I looked up at him, I said, Dad, I got saved tonight. Oh, happy day. Are you saved? And if you're saved, if you've forgotten it, I, I want to go back to Calvary all the time. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber.